Good evening and welcome back to NFL Front Office. Today we'll be recapping the NFL wildcard round and discussing the NFL Divisional. Let's get right into it. The NFL wildcard weekend had a lot of games that didn't go as expected, um, especially, we'll say, Rams-Seahawks. Uh, it was scheduled to be a pretty even game, but the Seahawks were definitely favored. Um, obviously, Brown-Steelers was a major upset. But let's let's dive let's dive right into uh, the Colts Bills, as as expected the Bills managed to beat the Colts. The Bills did look very shaky though in that game, and that that raised some big red flags for for a lot of Bills fans, I would guess. Um, against a good defense like the Colts, um, they really they really had trouble moving the ball in some parts of the game. You would expect to see Stefan Diggs have a big explosion play or something to keep the momentum going. They they failed though. They failed to do that against the Colts. That's why the game was so close. Yeah, I agree. I thought Indy could have came out with the win in this one. Uh but Philip Rivers couldn't connect with Michael Pittman on that fourth and goal early on. And then they but they did get bailed out at the end with that uh that call. He Mac Pascal was not down. That was a fumble. But Buffalo still went on to win. But that was a much closer game than we anticipated. And if any AFC contender should be watching this and seeing how they could beat Buffalo, because the Colts they could have beaten them very easily. Yeah, a lot of a lot of AFC teams who are still in uh, who are really not favored, especially the Ravens, might have a chance now. All right, moving on to Rams Seahawks, a game everyone thought the Seahawks would have. I wouldn't say easily, but when the Seahawks were dominated, the score was. It was a 10-point game, which isn't a blowout, but the Seahawks were dominated. It it was not a close game. It didn't feel close. The Rams, even without Aaron Donald for part of the game, put the Seahawks in their place. Yeah, absolutely. They had a quarterback who was, I think, 12 days out of surgery going into the game on his thumb as their starter. Well, Backup turn starter John Wolford was took out of the game by a late Jamal Adams hit. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they start on Sunday against the Packers, or Saturday, excuse me, against the Packers. That's going to be a good matchup, though. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams. All right, speaking of quarterbacks that came out of nowhere, Washington-Tampa, a game that was expected to be a Buccaneers blowout, Taylor Heineke, third... Uh, he's actually his backup now for Washington since Dwayne Haskins was cut for reasons we're not going to talk about. Taylor Heineke I'm went out there. <laughs> Taylor Heineke went out there and played like a future franchise quarterback. I mean, he hadn't had a ton of snaps with the team. He hadn't played much with the team. And he went out there and he put up a fight against what many people considered to be the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Yeah, um, he, he matched up really well. That interception early on was, I think, a tip, so it wasn't really his fault. But for a quarterback who's never started a game before, he played fantastic. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the offseason, whether they move on with him or they move with Alex Smith. But I I think Heineke's better as Alex Smith doesn't have the legs that he used to, and it'll be easier, especially with that, off- uh, that offensive line will be easier with a quarterback that has a little bit of mobility. So I think Heineke could win a starting job in the offseason, but let's see. 
over the next couple of years if they can get that quarterback situation figured out. It's a bright future in Washington. All right, moving on to Ravens-Titans. This was a game that could have gone either way. Derrick Henry just simply could not get rolling. And Ryan Tannehill didn't know what to do after after they couldn't find Derrick Henry's game. I mean, Ravens showed how to stop Derrick Henry and how to stop this Titans offense. And then Lamar Jackson, obviously, with that 50-yard run to the house. I mean, just big plays, big plays was the difference in the game. The, the Titans couldn't have, weren't able to find their big play offense like they usually can, and the Ravens were. That was the difference in this game. Yeah, going in, there was a lot of criticism towards Lamar Jackson. Will he be 0-3 in the playoffs? Will he be 1-2? He finally gets his first W in the playoffs. Uh, he played well aside from that one interception. I don't know what he was doing. should always throw that to the sideline. But they locked Derrick Henry down. I made him look like a princess instead of a king. 2.2 yards per carry. Really impressive by that defensive line. Um, but yeah, they came out... Tennessee came out rolling in the beginning, took an early 10-0 lead, but the Ravens came back, got the W, and we stomped on our logo. Oh yeah, that was that was that's going to be a good rivalry in the AFC over the years to come. All right, Bears Saints, the Nickelodeon Bowl. Obviously, we know who the best player in this game was, thanks to the fans, Mitchell, Mister Mitchell Trubisky, the Nickelodeon MVP. Even though his team pretty much lost twenty-one to three with the last-second touchdown, career walk-off touchdown by Jimmy Graham. Expect him to retire this off-season. I mean, the Saints Saints could have put up forty-two points on them if they, if they wanted to. Yeah, I thought I thought this was a little bit disappointing for the Saints. Um, I'm not really sold on them. I think that uh, Tampa can do well against them. I think it won't be a sweep by the Saints. I think Buccaneers might get the W, especially based on what we saw. Michael Thomas came back, slant boy, got a touchdown. But, um, yeah, just not a great performance overall by New Orleans, although they took the W. In Chicago, how about Cordero Patterson? Uh, He's been teaching new languages to these little toddlers, and uh, I don't know what the fine is going to be. What do you think, 500000 I have no clue. That was on Nickelodeon, so it's at least oh, yeah. $50,000. <laughs> Probably. But the Saints really didn't show their firepower. Um, and that, that's going to be an issue against playing against a team with every weapon you could ever imagine, the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. All right, moving on. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, a game everyone in the world, except for the city of Cleveland, thought the Pittsburgh Steelers would win. And it was really just simple mistakes. Turning the ball over early in the game. Uh, obviously, the first play of the game was a touchdown for the Browns' defense. I can't put a finger on exactly who was the one who was credited with the fumble recovery in the end zone. But just simple mistakes for the Steelers. It wasn't the Steelers played a bad game. They were able to get their offense going later. It was just they put themselves in a 28-nothing hole and they couldn't dig their way out. If it was a 0-0 game and those it was a 14 nothing hole instead of a 28 nothing hole, I think the Steelers could have won this game. But it was just simple mistakes at the beginning of the game that cost them the playoff spot, and probably that was might have been the last game of Big Ben's career. 
Yeah, uh, simple mistakes. Obviously, they dug that early hole. It's impossible, pretty much, to dig out of that grave. But they almost came back. They were rolling. They had outscored the Browns, I think, 17-0 going into the fourth quarter. And then the, the quarter timeout, they decided to punt on fourth and one with all their momentum in their favor. Down, previously down four scores, they decided to punt. I thought that was a horrible play call. I thought they could have won the game. They went for it. Yeah, thank goodness they've already fired their offensive coordinator being a Steelers fan. I'm glad that Fitchner's gone. Hopefully they find somebody to replace him, but you really can't go down from him. All right, well, that was our recap of the Wild Card Weekend. We are now going to move on some for, to some predictions for the divisional games this weekend. The first game of the divisional weekend is... Rams and Packers. This is going to be Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams is the big storyline heading into this one. Will Aaron Donald play? Not really much insight on that. Um, there's a lot of big question marks. Uh, if John Wolford will be able to play. I don't think so. Most likely it'll be Jared Goff getting the start. I think I think the Rams could pull this one off. You agree? I think so, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think, um, I don't see Aaron Donald playing at full Aaron Donald. Mind you, a 60% Aaron Donald is better than 100% of most defensive linemen. But I don't think he's going to be able to take on this team. They simply, normally we say defense is win championships. The Rams have the number one defense in the NFL. The Packers have the number one offense. I think the Packers can surprise them. The Rams haven't played a team as good as the Packers in a while now. And I think the Packers are the NFC favorites. I think they're going to take the W. I think Aaron Rodgers slings it, and I think uh, we'll see. I honestly think Devontae Adams could have the upper hand against Jalen Ramsey. But we'll see. It's a very exciting matchup. That's going to be the storyline of that game. So we're going to say the Packers are going to take this one, just based off all all the firepower on that offense. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan having a breakout year, Alan Lazard, I mean, MCS, there's so many, so many names on that. All right, excuse me, MVS, there's so many names on that offense. All right, let's move on to Ravens-Bills. This is a game I see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens taking. How, how much it hurts me to say that, being a Steelers fan, the Bills looked bad against the Colts. They should easily have been able to beat the Colts. Um, they looked like they lost a lot of their offense in Bojo. I think they will be they will have much better preparation uh, for the Ravens. But I, I see I see Lamar Jackson having a big big game, a lot of rushing yards on the ground. I think that's how they can beat the Bills. The Ravens aren't really a big passing team. As long as they're not targeting Tredavious White every play, it's going to be hard for them to turn the ball over. I think if they avoid turnovers and they can stop the Bills' offense, they will pull off this upset. Yeah, um, I'm going to toss a name to the um, foray. I think Marquise Brown could have a day tomorrow if he decided to. Troy White's a little banged up. I don't think he can compete with that kind of speed. Troy White's a great corner, though. But that kind of speed is just... It's impossible to guard. And you saw Hollywood has had, I think, 100 yards or more in the last four games, as well as a touchdown in a few of them. I think he could do well. But um, snow is on the forecast for Buffalo. So it takes passing 
very much out of the offense for both teams. And the Ravens can run the ball very well, as we've seen over the last few years. And the Buffalo Bills cannot really, uh, they can't prevent it because their defensive line isn't that strong. Honestly, this is this could be a good game. Obviously, Josh Allen's from Wyoming, so he's used to the snow. But um, good game. I'm excited to see it. I'm nervous as a Ravens fan, but I'm proud of us for how far we've come this year, especially with what we've had to go through. Yeah, the Ravens have had a great year either way. I mean, especially with a Steelers team that started off 11 and 0. Ravens looked like they had no shot at the vision and not even a shot at the playoffs at one point. They came all the way back. Now they have a shot at the AFC Championship game. All right, let's move on to the other AFC matchup, Browns-Chiefs. Many people are just going to be saying Chiefs right off the bat. But the Chiefs, I'm getting a lot of last year's Ravens out of them. They looked really good all season long, looked like they had all the momentum in the world, and then they're kind of slowing down towards the end of the season. But they still had that two-week bye. Excuse me, that bye week. It was a two-week bye for them, excuse me. They had the week 17 off for most of the starters, and then they had the obviously first-round bye. And I think they could come out tomorrow and not look as good as we've seen the Chiefs all season long. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Cleveland Browns took this one. But just based off the fact it's the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, you can't pick against him. I still have the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, this is going to be a good matchup. I'm excited to see what each team brings offensively and defensively. Uh, Miles Garrett says he's going to be 100% tomorrow. So I'm looking to see what he can do off the edge for that defensive line. I think it's going to be a great offensive game. I think Kansas City is going to win. Uh, Cleveland's been surprising this year, to say the least. Especially with that win over the Steelers and... Uh, the way they've been rolling. I mean, the AFC North is stacked. Even with Burrow coming back next year, if Bengals get a guard, maybe Penny well in the draft, you don't know any team in that division could potentially make the playoffs next year. I mean, but with the with, said, with the way the new playoff format is, there's a chance that we could someday down the line, maybe even in the next couple of years, see maybe all four AFC North teams in there. Yeah, potentially. It's exciting to see, uh, especially if you're a fan of a team that's borderline, to see how many how they're expanding the playoffs because your team can potentially get in. Uh, that being said, uh, Kansas City, I think, takes the W. It's an arrowhead. Mahomes is going to be out there. They have a lot to prove, and uh, I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes can get the ball moving early. It'll be game over for Cleveland. All right. Speaking of high-powered offenses, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have to travel to New Orleans. And this is going to be a strange game. Uh, Brady, Breeze, probably the last time we'll ever see it. Um, it could either be a shootout, or it could be a blowout, or it could be a defensive game. You never know with the Buccaneers. You never know with the Saints. Right. The first two games around, the Buccaneers were shut down by the Saints defense. It was one of the top defenses in the NFL. But that being said, they're rolling. Saints are not. They're, Drew Brees isn't really playing that well. Their offense isn't playing that well. Aside from Alvin Kamara, who is getting a little short with the touches. I think if they get him the ball more, they have a better chance of winning. 
But that being said, this Tampa team is rolling all cylinders. Pro Bowl caliber players at every skill position on that offensive uh, group. But that defense, their defense is not that great, and I don't think that they can compete with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then wide receivers named Emmanuel Sanders and Slant Boyd. Uh, I think Tampa. I, yeah, I don't. I don't like Tampa can compete with them. I mean, I think these Saints will learn their lesson from last week, give Alvin Kamara more touches. Even though Michael Thomas is back, that's going to it's gonna leave a lot of room for, if they're guarding him as wide receiver one, Emmanuel Sanders. They're going to run the ball. They're going to spread the ball around a lot more after Drew Brees is at a full week to practice with Michael Thomas. I think the Saints will take this one and we'll have a Saints-Packers NFC Championship game. All right, well, that is going to conclude this episode of NFL Front Office. Thank you for listening, and see you guys in the next one.